Tonto, don't go to town. You know, they're going to beat you up again, man. You know, just one time. Tonto, yes, Kimisabi, you go to town. You go to hell, Kimisabi. You're listening to the podcast, so there I was. It's how all great aviation tales begin. This is episode 40, You Can't Be Married. You can't be married? That's what they say. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 40. 40, hard to believe. It is hard to believe. Boy, it was fun. What a great storyteller. Chemo, a lot of energy, uh, very animated. And unfortunately, we didn't get to all his stories. Kind of ran out of time, so we're going to have to have him back. We'll get there. We'll have him back and, and chat some more. But he was a first in many ways. He was the first NAVCAD which meant that he was junior throughout his career. Very junior. As a matter of fact, he'll tell the, he'll tell the story, but uh, basically he didn't get his date of rank until the day he got his wings. Right. And That's so the he was Unusual junior. part of that, on that yeah. program. <laughs> he also had the advantage, though, of going to flight school before he got his degree, unlike the rest of us who had to get our countless degree before they let us in. That's true. And that's actually a pretty good story too. He was so close to finishing and he was locked into one commissioning source, uh, our commissioning source, as a matter of fact. Anyway, that's a good story. Uh, I'm not going to ruin it. Went on and served with our guest from last week, Nasty, was in the same squadron with him flying F-14s. And then from there, he went on to fly with those guys that practice fighting all the time. I guess they get really good at it. Well, uh, yeah. If you want to say, uh, to be a Top Gun aggressor uh, pilot and Top Gun instructor, you got to be good. Well, I think I think he's he I think he was good. He had some aptitude, uh, obviously, right? Absolutely, and great stories. Some really great stories. It was a lot of fun to listen to him. His stories are amazing. It's clear that we've got a lot more to go, so we will have chemo back at some point in the near future. But in the meantime, we'll stop flapping our gums. Don't sit on the injection hands. Enjoy. Crossing the pond at night in the world's smallest cockpit on the tanker through the weather. Oh, and to the uh, tanker crew who uh, did that. Really Thanks a lot. We really appreciated that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. not. There I was crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fun. So there I was. That's how all great aviation tales begin. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the podcast, So There I Was. This is Repeat here, coming to you live from New Hampshire tonight, or recorded from New Hampshire tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. I'm here tonight with my co-host, Fig. Take it away, my friend. Hey, buddy. I am uh, also mostly live from uh, Kansas City. And we have a very special guest with us tonight. Nice. Chemo. Welcome, Chemo. Chemo Thank you, gents. It's glad to be here. Glad to see you guys. We are making history tonight. Uh, Repeat, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Uh, Chemo, besides being a naval uh, aviator, Navy fighter pilot extraordinaire, is our very first navcad that i'm aware oh, of yeah yeah and i can't wait what to the hear hell this. is that no <laughs> i can't i know i can't wait to hear all this right? oh, story navcad is and how well, welcome gets welcome chemo welcome yeah. my friend where are you coming to us uh, tonight from thank you coming to you from the high mountains of santa fe new mexico outstanding Very nice. uh truth and lending clause uh chemo and i are uh personal friends um 
We, uh, we work at the same company. However, uh, I didn't know chemo on active duty, but we, I'm sure we crossed paths a couple of times and didn't even know it. I agree. I agree. So, so let's start with how did chemo get interested, get interested in aviation? Why? I mean, how, what, you know, everybody's got a story. So let's, what's yours? Where I got interested in aviation was from my father. It was very interesting because he had no aviation, anything. He was actually, I'll never tell you, but he uh, was an Air America guy back in the day and uh, on the admin side, not a pilot by any trade, but uh, I was about six years old, well past that era of his life. And uh, the air show was in town and he said, come on, son, let's go up and uh, check out these airplanes. And I said, okay, great. And we grabbed the ladder. He puts it on the thing. We're going to the roof of the house. And it was kind of a serendipitous thing where we, as soon as we get to the top of the roof, I look up and the Blue Angels are in town. This is at oh. Kirtland Air Force Base. And there it's, it's A4s. That's my, so that'll give you a little bit of a date time frame reference. But uh, yep. they fly right over as I get to the roof and I am literally floored by what the hell is that? I have no idea what's going on. What's, why is it so loud? And no, it's crazy. What, what's the smoke? And, uh, I watched the entire air show because we were pretty close to the base from where we lived and I was able to watch the whole thing. And that, that got me hooked. I, and it was one of those things where at six years old, I said, I don't know what that is, but I want to do that. And, right. uh, it, it, it touched my soul through my life off and on as I went and progressed and, and matured and grew up. But, uh, like I said, I was first generation military in my family and first generation, anything that had to do with aviation, but it was that moment in time in my life with my father that when we went up to the roof of my house that uh, struck me to be an aviator. That's pretty awesome. It, it, yeah. So I, I had a similar experience. So I was not on the roof of a house, but uh, my, I can tell you that when I saw, and it was F4s, Blue Angels oh. flying F4s. Dear Lord. <laughs> and when I saw this happening, like you said, the, the sound and the smoke and they were so fast and I thought, there is not a human in that. That that is a godlike creature flying this magical thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I aspired to be that creature. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's funny how many of us have those kind of stories that we saw that and we were inspired by it and all that. But like a couple of our other guests, I was always like, "Well, that's something that's out of reach. That's just not something that." Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And as I as that? I as I progress through my adolescence and into high school and into whatnot. I was kind of, I would go off on tangents of things. I want to be an FBI guy. I want to be a cop, you know, whatever, some cool stuff like that. And then all of a sudden uh, I would get reattached to it in some aspects like, oh, and it would, and it would, it would kind of cage my brain back to that six year old kid on the roof and go, oh, that's, that's the root of it right there. And uh, I, I, I was in college and I, initially started and i remember telling my dad hey i think i want to be a pilot you know and referred back to that and he's like well join the air force they got airplanes i mean that's that was the level of yeah. of, of of knowledge for my father and and I, which was great and i don't mean that in any disrespect whatsoever sure. yeah. so so i went to air i went to the air force rotc uh, office at the university of new mexico and they said yeah come on in so i tried this air force rotc thing out in my freshman year and I, I did everything they told me to do and excelled well. And they said, Hey, we're going to give you a navigator slot. And I said, what's that? 
<laughs> and they told right. me, I said, and I said, I don't want that. Well, and, the, and, and the colonel said, you take this, and in your senior year, you can compete for a pilot slot. And I said, what? that sounds horrible in my mind. I'm like, you know, verbally, I'm saying, yes, sir. Thank you very much. And as I leave, I'm like, oh, my God. And as I leave, I'm going to go get some lunch. And I run into uh, the officer, selection officer for the Southwest region of uh, the United States Marine Corps. And he convinces me through a guaranteed aviation contract through the platoon leaders class program that I should go that way. And I said, absolutely. So I, saw, I somehow passed the tests and, and uh, was able to get in. And I went through the PLC program. Freshman, sophomore, junior? Freshman, sophomore. Yes. The, the, so you the, were... The the so, the junior senior thing, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you so you were gonna you're signing up and you're gonna have to go twice, right? Right. To, Correct. Okay. I'm sorry. Continue. No worries. No worries. So I sign up and I uh, I'm like and my uncle, uh, uh, an enlisted marine of many many years, the Vietnam conflict, ended up coming back and is now a naval officer. Long story as to why. But uh, he was very, he, he kind of guided me. He's like, this is what you do, son. And I said, Roger that. And I was able to go to Quantico and got my, my, my balls kicked in. Can I say that online? Sure. Yeah. Well, you just did. It's all right. You can't say that. Okay. You can't say that. Got, got, my, got, got my rear kicked in by a, a couple of uh, great Marine Corps, Marine Corps drill instructors for uh, juniors and seniors. And uh, was on my way. That was my plan. And when I come back, lots of stories there, but uh, I have a girlfriend at the time or a, a girl that I'm really in, in, intrigued with. Where are you going to school? What I'm is going, the... Uh... I'm at the University of New Mexico. Okay. In Albuquerque. And, and what, what, uh, what are you majoring in? Uh, rocket science? I Well, this is... It's a funny thing. Uh, my mother told me what I was majoring in. And oh. as, a, as, a, as a devout uh, uh, follower of my mother's uh, direction. I said, yes, ma'am. And was supposed to be a computer engineer and was hating every minute of my life mm. doing so. And as I got into the Marine Corps, I realized, Hey, I can actually make my own decisions. Thank you, leadership. And, uh, ch changed into a criminal justice thing because at the time I was thinking of doing the, the, you know, the, the law enforcement program and whatnot, and then got into the aviation concept with the okay. okay. leaders course. So I was, I was, a I was a criminal justice program a criminal justice major. Uh, but the overlying concept was I hated the shit out of school. I did not dig this whole school thing. I just wanted out. And uh, I'm, in, I'm in the PLC program. I got, I got a year left. I'm like, okay, I'm going to graduate. I'm going I'm to become a Marine. And, and if it, I can blame or owe this to my wife. And uh, she said, meet me for lunch. And I said, oh, you got it. And as I'm walking through the student union building where they have, that's where all the chow is and all the, right, all right. the food places and whatnot. Uh, I'm passing, the, I'm rounding the corner and there's this, this fat lieutenant NFO recruiter flag, all this stuff, Navy, Top Gun's playing on these screens in the back. It's 19, 1990. And it's, I'm like, whoa, I kind of stopped. I'm like, oh, there's stickers, kind of like fighter pilot stuff. Hey, Maverick, that's great. And he said, hey, you want to go to you, you want to go to flight school? I'm like, oh, oh, oh hey, hey, I'm program. going, bro. I'm going. I've got, this, I've got this program. I'm good. I got a guaranteed aviation contract, you know. And he said, ah, cool, man. Well, I'm looking for a guy to go. This is March of 1990. It's like I got a class in June. I got to fill. It's crazy. I'm like, well, dude, I, I don't even have a degree. I don't have my degree yet. So, you know, we shouldn't be talking. And he said, you don't need one. 
<laughs> and I said, the the wheels to <laughs> Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> and I said, start talking. So he started talking. He's like, you know what we could do? We'll just take your package that the PLC program has. We'll just submit it. Let's just submit it and see what they say. Oh, if my they, gosh. And if they approve you, you can be in flight school in two months. And I said, okay. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a pretty damn good deal. I'll bet the old. So, so I don't, so, and I don't know anything yet about this NAVCAT yeah. thing other than it's called a SNAPCAT thing. But I owe it to my wife. Had it not been for me wanting to see her, I never would have found fat body Navy guy to recruit, right. to try to recruit me into this thing. So I piss off my Oso because, you know, the Oso well, yeah. is like, what the hell? I'm like, I just. Excuse me, sir. Can I borrow my package? Uh, I'm sending it <laughs> right? somewhere yeah. else. And he put all that, he just, he put all that work into you. And yep. then here you are dropping yep. him like a hot rock. Like a hot, well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got, you know, it's like as if Willy Wonka himself came up to you and said, here's your golden ticket. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you a year early. And I was, and I so just wanted out of school. I couldn't stand it anymore. A lot of, a lot of factors, but uh, I let it happen. So I, we submitted the, pra- the the package. I got picked up June 4th, 1990 and reported to Pensacola and realized I've got 14 weeks of another drill instructor kicking me in the rear. <laughs> yeah. So you, what? you did two, you did two uh, summers at, uh, at, uh, in Quantico. Is that right? Two summers? I did, I did one. I did, oh, I did, did one. Juniors. Yep. They, okay. I did one. I graduated from that. They gave me my little EGA iron-on things for our yeah. utilities, remember? Eagle Glow yeah. and Anchor. I'm like ironing those things onto my utilities going, oh, sweet. Yut, yut, yeah. yut. <laughs> and then this happens. So I get picked up, and next thing you know, I completely piss off my officer selection officer for the United States Marine Corps. And, uh, well, it is what it is. And I, I was off as a, naval, as a naval aviation cadet through the officer candidate school program in Pensacola, Florida. Yep. Okay. And uh, gosh, a lot of stories bench off from it, but that's how I got there. I can stop there, but there's okay. a story to be had about that. So that's... before you go into that, I, I want to know um, what well, you, you need to explain for listeners. NAVCAD. Sure. NAVCAD. Oh. Would, explain the program. What's NAVCAD? So, What's the acronym stand for? And Isn't that the program how... you used to like draw architectural stuff? That's not, that's not that. Oh, okay. That's Is a it? CAD program. Okay. okay. So yeah. So <laughs> what's NAVCAD? Right. Kima, what's NAV? So it stands for Naval Aviation Cadet. And believe it or not, every branch of service had it since Korea. I mean, I was actually friends with a uh, as a young child. He was retired 05 in the Air Force, and he was an aviation cadet as well. So it, even the Marines had it. It was called MARCAD, uh, okay. and it was a faucet that they turned on. If you had X amount of credit hours and you passed all the tests, they would send you to OCS or AOCS or whatever that is. You'd go, you would finish that, go to flight school. And when you got your wings, you would get commissioned as a second lieutenant, ensign, whatever. Well, in, in this era of 1989 to 1990, it was just the Navy that had it. And then, and, and they needed, they needed pilots. Ironically, once I, I finished and got in, they had too many pilots, and then there was a huge rift in like 1990. But anyways, that's yeah, another that's story. Something. But uh, that that that's what the program was, and they basically paid you half of an O1 salary, which was actually less than an E1 salary, plus flight pay of whatever that was. But and you couldn't have any dependents. You couldn't have. You had to live in the. You had to live in the in the BOQ. You had to eat at the Chow Hall. There's a lot of these things. You couldn't get married. You couldn't have any dependents until you were winged and an officer in the United States Navy. Okay. So 
Um, oh, and that was funny. That was the thing. So I swear in in this program to go to flight school and all this stuff. And I, after I swear in, they're like, hey, uh, person, hey, just so you know, if 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 you bong this up in any way, if you you're, if you wash you're out, now so you a know, sailor. You're in the yeah, navy now. You're a non-rated E four for two years. And I said, okay, because I have no idea what that means. Yeah, right. You yeah. and I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, but eight weeks later, I'm in Pensacola. I'm shining my I'm shining my shoes, and we, we, it's a four man room. And there's some you know there's some prior guys and whatnot. And I was like, hey, listen, what what is this non-rated E four thing? And, and they looked at me like. Are you retarded? And I'm like, I, I have no idea what this is. Apparently, I am. <laughs> so in Pensacola, which we all got, you all went, we all went through that, you know, aviation indoctrination stuff. So the right, F four right. is out there and whatnot. And so we're looking at the battalion window, and one of the prior guys goes, "Come here." So he grabs me and he picks me up and he looks at and he points at this guy and there's this guy in the on the on the corner of the street painting the like the yellow like the yellow paint on the corners of the of the mm -hmm. curbs and whatnot. Yeah, and he's like. He's like, that's a, that's probably a non-rated E4 right there. <laughs> and I was like, shit. So it was instantaneous inspiration to succeed. And I said, I don't care. Give me, I'll take a dirigible, a hang glider, some sort of kite. Uh, just get me through the program. Right. And I had no experience in flying whatsoever. I, I, so, I literally. Uh, you just answered one of my next questions. So that. zero flight time before you went to. Uh, I was I was zero flight time. I I had one. You know, in, in the PLC program, they'd have some sort of a marine aviator come out and uh, take and you a, on a ride and a one fifty two or one seventy two take you on a ride and give you some sort of inspiration. And I had I had that. That was my one thing that made me go, "Wow, it's kind of cool." Okay. And uh, I got to flight school. It was zero, and uh, it was just. Uh, you know, I think my whole life has been nothing but luck and timing, like minimal yeah. skill, luck and timing, and and it's I was able to, to do be okay, lucky than good. You're, yes, sir. You're describing my career to a T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happened. I showed up going, I have no idea what's going on, and the only thing that got me through was, well, a lot of things. You know, uh, luckily in fear, corpus, fear of painting curbs. <laughs> yeah, if the fear of painting curbs, hoping that I could at least, I don't know, do, is there a hang gliding squadron out there? I could probably do that. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my, my, my wife at the time was, uh, she was awesome. She's the only reason why I made it through flight school. I mean, I went through Pensacola and then ended up in Corpus at the Boomers. And okay. when I was down there, I'm at the BOQ and, uh, she would just sit there and quiz me all the time. Well, hold and, on a uh, second. Wait, wait, hold on okay. a second. I'll stop. Did you, did you just say, was she your girlfriend at the time or your wife? Uh, because uh, well, the way you laid it out for me, it sounded <laughs> like uh, you you couldn't be married or, or so, you couldn't look twice at a woman or anything like that. I think you always ask the right questions, but uh, they I'm perceptive. Yeah. My, so I was a NAVCAT. I could not be married. And we yes. were supposed to be married because I was, a, I was going to be a Marine officer. So I have officially requested marriage of this young lady she approved and okay. uh we were going to get married and then the whole navcad thing happened and i actually had to tell her so listen this is great i'm gonna to go to flight school that's honey that's wonderful yeah but there's a catch what's that um we can't get married until we get winged i, yeah, I get winged she is... probably was like i need to see this in writing because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you're making this shit up yeah, right. So I'm like, I, I, baby, I'm, I'm serious. Uh, we can't get married anymore. And here's, 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 here's the funny part. You ready? She's like, well, that kind of sucks because uh, I'm pregnant. No. <laughs> that, is that for real? 
yeah, it's for real. No that shit. <laughs> yeah. So let's just say that's another chapter for another story somewhere. But uh, needless to say, she was a trooper and made it happen to where I technically in true legality and full honesty did not have any dependents. I was not married. I lived in the BOQ and I ate at the chow hall. Oh my gosh. Mistakes were made. (laughs) Nothing like adding a little extra stress to the whole experience of flight school. Absolutely. Absolutely. And because paying for a wife and a child on an E4's uh, salary. <laughs> it was, t- it was, it was wondermus. Wondermus, I tell you. Oh, thankfully, been a pay raise. <laughs> thankfully, Corpus Christi wasn't terribly expensive. And, and you guys were, I don't know if you were there, but the, the, in Corpus, uh, there was a, it, it was, it was affordable. I, we'd have to get into that, but uh, needless to say, I, yeah. I, I kept, I kept the rules and she was a trooper and uh, I owe my, I owe my whole entire professional development in life after that to her I, so i have a whole new respect for your bride a whole <laughs> well, thanks, new respect. thanks <laughs> wow so vt27 yeah. it was for primary yeah. boomers it was i showed up and uh i literally was like i have no what to do and all of my so we had 60 navcads at the time how many uh, say that again Six zero, six zero nav, naval aviation cadets at the time that went through aviation officer candidate school. In our group, we 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 graduated about thirty after the after uh, the Marine Corps had their way with us. And uh, once we got out there, I realized, wow, a lot of these guys knew how to fly, and I have no idea what the hell's going on. Luckily, it was a, it was a great little brotherhood, as we all know. This, this whole uh, era that this this world that we that we became a part of. And so we're like, dude, go to the sim, get in there, just sit in there and get in the sim and practice this whole thing. And then in those T-34 sims, all I did was memorize everything they told us, told me to do. Right. And that got me through the first portion of it. And as you remember, in the T-34, there was 14, 13 flights for the, you know, the 13 check and then your, and then your, then your, your solo. Fam- yeah, the familiar. And uh, I, all I knew was the whole, if you pull the stick back, houses got smaller. And if you push <laughs> the stick forward, houses got bigger. And this left hand was like fast and slow. But I don't know how I did it. And I had, I had a couple of on-wings or uh, instructors that were wonderful. But in the T-34, it was <laughs> – I had an okay time. But I was very, very stressed. I mean, there was stuff thrown at me from the back cockpit to the front, you know. What oh, the- yeah. Frick are you doing? Holy turd left that. I mean, it, my idea of a your other of a, left <laughs> a high altitude power loss or a low altitude power loss, the Happle Lapple thing. Sure. I remember we, in, it, I remember okay. In Pensacola, they said when I was going through everything, it's like, where should I go? It's like, do you know how to fly? They said no. I, I said no. They said, good, go to Corpus because there's way too many course rules in, at Whiting Field. And I said, sounds good. <laughs> so I went to Corpus because if you took off to the east. You just you hit the water and you turned south. You turned right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right into the working area. Five hundred <laughs> feet over the high bridge, go feet wet left or right I think into the that, working that, area. That that played into a a, a, a a one of our podcasts. One before. of our stories, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The course so rules. Like, Do you know the course rules, Anson? Yeah. No. And I, and and so Whiting Field scared the crap out of me. So I was like, yeah. "What's up, Corpus Christi? Sounds great." And that helped me out a lot. And once I got down there, it was wonderful. But so it's all, it's like, it's like, it's the intercoastal. It's this huge beach thing. So they're trying to teach you how to go, hey, power loss. Here's get to high key, do this thing, find your landing area. So I would find my landing area 
And for me, I would get to low key at that point and go, well, there's a better landing area in front of me. So I would change my landing area, which would like destroy the whole process. They're like, stop, stop, stop. What are you doing? I'm there's like, a runway uh, right there. <laughs> sir, there's, I'm just going to go straight because it's the beach. Look, it's all flat. I'll just go that way. Why do I need to turn? He's like, because you, you decided your landing area was over there. I was like, yeah, but I changed it. <laughs> and so I, I had a hard time with that. But my saving grace was on my 13 check. I had the, I had the hammers of all hammers. His name was Fig. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it was it was I can't remember his name, but he was like the known base hammer, sledgehammer, and I got him. And luckily, we incompleted for weather, so my check ride was incomplete. So therefore, no grade possible. But I did so poorly that he was telling me at the end of the flight that you're doing horribly. It's a and good I think the weather didn't. Yeah, right. Yeah, th- thankfully, the weather canceled me. I went back to my BOQ room at Corpus Christi, and uh, I I'm, I'm finding chickens to like slaughter and like bleed out and <laughs> dice and bones, and I'm I'm trying to get every religion possible involved with my progress. <laughs> and a few days go by, and somehow, somehow, through my wife just grilling me on my EPs and you everything. mean your girlfriend, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah, sorry, my girl. Yes, my girlfriend. <laughs> Fiance. Yeah, we, we, we'd literally be sitting there, we'd be driving, and all she'd, she'd look at me, she's like, hey, baby. I'm like, yeah, what? She'd say, ditching. <laughs> huh? Uh, ditching. Gear up, yeah. flaps down, transition to 100 knots, <laughs> whatever the hell it was. Right, she needed right. the EPs better than me. Yeah. Uh, so I owe it to her. Woman anyway, right somehow the circuit breaker got pushed in, and I was able to excel from there. But those, the, those first 14 flights for me in flight school was just utter horror. Horror. <laughs> well, you you must have done pretty damn good, chemo, because you you were able to get jets. Uh, I I I literally went from this very very level plane of like you just kind of don't suck, but you're not enough of a suck factor to fucking fire you. To yes. the circuit breaker gets popped into like. Whoop, and it just goes straight up from there. And I, I literally did the light, the, the light bulb came on, the circuit breaker popped in. And after my 14, my solo and the T34, it all just kind of came to came together. So and instead of a learning curve, you had a learning 90 degree angle. Learning, I had a learning, learning hockey stick. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, I got That's into awesome. formation flying. I was like, oh yeah, bearing line and whatever. Okay, cool. Right there. And I it was just bizarre that I went from like, I have no idea what I'm doing to okay, I get, I get it. I get and, and I could do this. Yeah. And you know, that's really the difference um, between guys that go, uh, they get jet grades and guys that get uh, not jet grades. It's right. not, they're, it's not that jet guys that get jet grades are better pilots. They just pick it up quicker. Yeah. You get it. Right. And, and I, I, I don't know what to go, I don't know what to attribute it to. I just attribute it to luck and skill and timing, you know, and, uh, and and probably I'm sure good instruction, but I had a lot of good mentorship from the bros. You know, the bros were just the because they knew oh, yeah. one, I didn't make any money. Two, they bought me all the beers. Three, I could only drink on base because I was 19, 20 years old as a navcad. And <laughs> as they were going to everything downtown, I was stuck on the base. So they they everybody took care of me. It was really really good. I mean, we had a bunch of guys down there, and a lot of us. I mean, it, it, it was great. Mm-hmm. I, I never had a bad time my entire process or so where'd you uh, go to uh where'd you go to advanced i went to kingsville uh okay, which great. was great because my my girlfriend uh had family in kingsville and that's, oh, that's another right. another kind of strange story but uh let's just say on her side of the family there was a lot of uh 
links to the King Ranch and oh, uh, okay. whatnot, which I wouldn't know about. Yeah. And, but all I can say is this: uh, the hunting was wonderful, and Yee. the family was great, and I uh, had a lot of good times on our off time. And all of my buddies, we went hunting all the time. And it was so Kingsville was a wonderful, wonderful, oh, yeah. wonderful existence for me. And uh, what what uh, intermediate squadron were you in? I went to VT-23, so I was in the Boomers. Then when I okay. went to Kingsville, I went to the T-2 squad VT-23. I can't remember what it's called. And then I went to VT-22. Yeah, the um, Eagles. The Eagles. The Eagles. And Scooter was the current squadron, if you remember that name. And uh, Rouch, Dutch. Dutch was the Commodore. So he was the Commodore when I got there. Okay. In yeah, he was May of 93. He was the Commodore. So check this. When we when we were getting winged, we ended up getting gold gold wings for our like, like legitimate like legit gold wings for our for our for our chest. For for the, for the like, winging? Yeah. So we're like, put those on because we're gonna go up to the club in a second and everybody's gonna be punching us a bunch right? So <laughs> so let's not do that. But uh yeah, so Dutch was our, our Commodore. What a great thing. I can't remember there's about ten of us, and we had a few Harrier guys. Um uh, I just don't know their call sign, so I don't know if I can use their last names. But yeah, uh, yeah. we're okay for that. I mean, it's it's when you're uh, if when you got bad stuff to say about somebody, you oh, know, okay. say their name uh, and or their company. So Roger that. Nothing bad to say. We've got a few guys. So uh, between between um, Harris and Hornets, we had a good gr- group of guys, and uh, I I somehow, like I said, out of sure luck, I wanted to fly Tomcats out of the West Coast. It was just that whole, whether it was the Maverick thing or what, I grew up. It was totally the, the Maverick thing. Come on, bro. It was totally hey, the hey. Maverick thing. Well, I, I did the whole volleyball thing for a couple of times and realized that I sucked at it. And so I, I, I figured probably should never do that. get Tomcats. <laughs> I am never going to fly Tomcats. It's terrible. I can't, I can't spike the ball over the net. I'll never get I Tomcats. Might as well, I might as well shoot for Hornets because I can just sit there and the plane will do everything. Thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh anyways, uh it was, that whole I got winged in August of 1992 and then got shipped out to Miramar where I was uh going to class 99401 Delta, which I had no idea. There's a difference between as you've uh, in your previous podcast, you have the A in the Tomcat and the D in the Tomcat. Right. I had no idea what it was. All I knew is I was getting Tomcats West Coast, and I was like, my childhood dream has been realized. I'm going to go touch myself in a closet for about five minutes. <laughs> and it was the most um, – I, I can't tell you how how happy I was because I I didn't think I had the capability to do that. I, I didn't know what I was going to get, but I figured I'd get I, – I, you know, when you get to Jets back in the day, you know, nowadays, the 21st century, if you get Jets, you're going to get a Super Hornet. Yeah, right. Yeah. period yep. so there's it. no but back in that day as you all were there yeah, there was a lot we, there was a lot of different like, things you could i got an s i've got sixes ea6s yeah and my big thing was like okay if i do two out the butt i'm gonna get the family truckster the ea6b or or there's this s3 thing dear god or what i just want something with that go i want something that drops things that goes boom or kills something there's too many choices and it goes fast yeah, and A7 went away. You know, the A6s are pretty much gone. And, A4s and were so gone. Yeah. A4s were gone. There was a couple options to go to the Philippines and fly A4s. Anyways, uh, it worked out to where I got it. And uh, when I showed up, uh, Whiskey was the opso of 124, the gunfighters of Miramar. And I show up and I kind of do the 
you know, sir, uh, Ensign Personal Reporting Authority is like, shut up, dude. Come in. What are you talking? Stop. You know, <laughs> yeah. I walk in. He's like, you're class 9401 Delta. Get out of here and uh, go start studying. I was like, Roger that. Well, the Delta portion was Does the indication D's? of the D uh. by the A squadrons, which was the death trap. I hope you survive your tour. Squadron airplane, right? Great. All right, so so, so just uh, in in uh, in in quick quick bullet form, uh, difference between A's and D's. Um, we've had several. Well, uh, we have had several F fourteen guys on here. Just g- g- give us your take. So Bullets. other than so in the caveman navcad version, not smart test pilot kind of conversation. Right. Yeah, the A the- was a death trap with a TF-30 motor that produced 30,000 pounds of thrust. Two motors, 30,000 pounds of thrust total total, total in a 45,000-pound airplane. Ooh, okay. Or you could have the D, which had 60,000 pounds of thrust in a, in, an air, in a motor that you could, like, chuck frozen turkeys through. And all it would do was, like, like it would, like, it would be like a flicker. On yeah. your indications, because same uh, same weight though, same aircraft weight. Same so you had weight. better than a one to one thrust to weight totally. ratio then. Yeah. So you had this beautiful motor, and I was ignorant, thank God, to the TF thirty. Other than watching my classmates that were flying those, just it was it, it that TF thirty was not designed to be a part of the F fourteen. That was that was something from the F one eleven days or whatnot. That was the Ronco. That, that was the Ronco set it and forget it motor. Right. You put it in mill, leave it there. Ronco. Don't touch it. Because right. if you moved it, you're gonna compressor stall, spin the plane, do something, lose your motors, and you there's get... a whole world of trouble. So that's what Maverick was flying. I was gonna say you'd be in a flat yeah. spin headed out to sea if you aren't exactly. careful. Exactly. <laughs> and in the D I remember my, one of one of our buddies. We were doing uh, bombing runs on the somewhere, and he got fragged. I mean, uh, and what ended like up he to be fragged bad. himself, or he yeah, it was like a level eight. It's like one of these little hook, boom, bomb skip, right? And and right. Uh, anyway, all he okay, was hang on, drop. hang on. I'm sorry okay. to interrupt. So okay. frag refers to fragmentation. So he dropped the bomb, and he was too close, and he hit himself with the fragments yep. of the bomb. Pretty okay. much, pretty much, and. I remember being coming Ouch. back, and he's like, he's like, dude, I got a little indication here. That ah, disregard. Okay, so we come back to the boat. Come back to the boat. We land, and <laughs> as he gets out of his airplane, I'm 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 getting chained up. He's getting chained up. I'm looking at him. He's like, and like the ground crew is looking through this intake, and they're like all mouth agape whatever and we go over there and basically he fragged himself so bad i mean you could like see through the engine but those one tens were so amazing that he he came back to the boat with without any problems now don't get me wrong there's been problems with the f14d or the or the 110 motor issues from you know as in your previous vlogs with with jake and and, and whatnot yeah absolute issues with um uh engine seizures and whatnot but after jake uh i showed up to my squadron vf31 best squadron in the world at that time and and we actually in, in engaged in uh post engine seizure we actually had had afterburner burn through issues that Ooh. was that was causing catastrophic issues as well 
But another another story. So that's that. like crossing the streams. That's the not bad on the good bad scales. So v, VF thirty one yeah. for is your first fleet squadron. Is that that's is correct. that right, Chemo? That that's correct, Fig. That's correct, Fig. That's and absolutely I think, me. I think what? that's where we cross cross pollinate, repeat. Yeah. Isn't that uh, oh. Nasty's old squadron? Yes, sir. So when you checked into VF thirty one, Nasty was the your XO or your nope. CO? No. So VF thirty one had a wonderful, wonderful uh change of command process. When I checked in, Pogo and Barney were, were the skipper and XO and Pogo uh, was an amazing man. I'm going to tell you this right now. I, I checked in. I'm an ensign. I'm 21 years old because of the NAVCAD program. Cause I checked in, you know, I did yeah, the whole You are the program. junior guy by, yeah. by far, right? Because yeah. NAVCAD and right. you just got yeah, commissioned. Your data rank is deal. the same as your winging. You are yeah. brand spanking new. Holy yeah. God, I didn't think it's, about it that. Was, yeah. It wasn't good. He's so basically, been in two years, and he doesn't have I, any rank yet. And right. for the rest of my life, I will be the snacko. <laughs> <laughs> and every junior rank, they're drinking yeah. bullshit job for the squadron my whole life. pecker but checker. Pretty much. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't think about that either. I walk into the ready room, and it's a, it's you know, the colors are black and black and yellow, and it's badass. Felix the cat's carrying You're a like, bomb. Yes, yes. I'm like, this is the most badass squadron. This is where I wanted to go. I'm so happy. I, I walk into the room. The duty officer's there. It's Lieutenant Jungle Sporting Lurch. Can't remember. And they look at me like, hey. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? I'm checking in. And he looked at me like, because I'm nine, I'm 21. I, mean, I, I look a little young. Right. And they're like, yeah. And so remember, did you guys have stashes? Yeah. 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 Okay. So like they're like interns at the majors, right? Yeah. So so they stashes. checked in and he's like, and he says, Are you a stash? Which is like a, an ROTC guy that's waiting to go to somewhere. Right. Or a guy that's waiting for flight school. And I'm like, yeah. no, man, Check I'm checking chest, in. Here, I got the one. Yeah, I'm I'm like, here's, my, here's my stuff. I'm checking in. So whoever it was, and I wish I could remember, he's like, all I hear I remember is this like skipper. And you hear, like, what? <laughs> like, you got to come down here. <laughs> are you in the ready room? Where are I'm you? In the ready room. Oh, so oh, po- shit. Pogo, Pogo shows up. Do you have like Pogo, a note from your mother? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so Pogo shows up. And Pogo is a very, he's an awesome guy, but he's he's very humble. He's like a very short guy. He's probably like well, you, five, we, seven, we, five, six, we, kind of a Tom Cruise kind of a dude. He walks in. He's got, he's got a little bit of a comb over thing going on you know oh, he walks boy. in very nicely and he's like he looks at me he's like hi i'm pogo i'm like hey sir chemo that ch- checking in uh he's like checking in to fly with us i'm like yes sir here's my stuff <laughs> but the fight the whole thing was like i looked so young that yeah. they had no that they didn't believe that i was actually checking into the squadron and uh it was just that, that, all right where's the cameras yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're looking for the yeah. joke so so anyway, it all works out, but it was just kind of like, what the hell are you doing here, dude? And I just looked like I was 19, you know, so they didn't know what to do with me. But Pogo was a, an Army Loach Pilot, Army Cross, chest-wearing wow. ninja that, wow. that joined the Navy after his tour in Vietnam. And he was actually boss of the Blues uh, in the A4 and then became our squadron commander after that. No shit. And yeah. he was an Army Cross medal recipient? Yep. yep. He is actually one of the speakers at Sears School on the west coast wow with regards to the holy days thing because he was shot down i i i, I shit you negative like six to seven eight times in what? a loach oh, oh my gosh yeah 
and evaded each time, never got captured. And he said the reason why he joined the Navy is because he got rescued, if you will, by the close air support that the incoming A-7s or what it was provided him to get out of there. And he became one of, there's like these epic F-14 pilots. I'll just try to be call sign only, Pogo, Rat, Whiskey, Rhino. I could keep on going, but he was in that genre. Okay. And I, and I had the pleasure of learning how to fight aircraft through getting my rear kicked in by people like him. And it was wonderful. What was his position in the squadron when you checked in? Was he the opso? Pogo was a skipper. Oh, Pogo was a skipper. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. correct. Okay, okay. I didn't yeah. I'm sorry. I should. Yeah, no worries. Pogo was a skipper, and uh, the other guys were kind of like in his level, but just out in the fighter wing to other squadrons. But there were these these epic level dudes as you probably had in your, in your world in the Harrier. I mean, you had these guys that were like, you know, it's like the Clint Eastwood, there's Chuck Norris, there's, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme and there's Bruce Lee and there's all these dudes. Yeah, we and had those... a couple Pee Wee Hermans too, but that's a home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we definitely had those. But uh, those are the guys, if you had a chance to get your ass kicked by them, you learned a whole hell of a lot. And it yeah. really, it really took me somewhere from there. So, so how, uh, so you, so you checked into VF 31 and how yep. long were you in that first squad? A little shorter than most because, uh, it was the time where BRAC, I don't even know what it stands for it. Base realignment and closure commission. BRAC. The fact that you know that fig is. No, the... it's because it came up in a, in an earlier previous podcast, show. And oh, okay. We had to define it. <laughs> well, there you go. It's that. And yeah. so El Toro got shut down. So the Marines got to retake their original base of Miramar, because it was originally a Marine Corps base, but the Navy was able to take it and make it Fighter Town USA and turn it into right. like this extremely sexy porn star level base. And well, then the Hollywood did that for you. Hollywood <laughs> yeah, did that. Right. It was amazing. Well, yeah. oh, oh, okay. So what? So how long were you there? Uh, at VF-31 in Miramar, I was there yeah. from 92 to 96 or so. Oh, shit. That's 93. Okay. To, let's call it That's 93 years, to 96, bro. 93 or 7. Yeah. And it, but tour. so when when the BRAC happened, they moved Top Gun from Fighter Town USA to a place called Fallon, Nevada. We're familiar with Fallon, yeah, as you should be, because as we grew up, that was an auxiliary field. That's where you went and got gas, maybe, right. and then dropped yes. bombs and then left. Well, they made it a major base after this whole BRAC thing happened. So Miramar went away. Fighters go to where their respective places. Top Gun goes to Fallon, and Miramar goes to. Everything Marine Corps from El Toro and every rotary, C-130, Hornet, all that stuff is there. Were you in VF-31 when they went to Fallon? I'm in my fleet squad in VF-31 and the BRAC's happening. So what the Navy has done is moved all of the fighter squadrons of the F-14 and everything else to Oceana for the most part. Okay. And I was like, hey, Skipper, I would really not like to go East Coast because I really want to do this not necessarily a Top Gun thing, but all of my mentors from Whiskey and the various people that mentored me and my squadron were homesteading Miramar guys. They would do a fleet tour. They'd come back to becoming a, an adversary to fleet tour to go to Top Gun and go yeah. back to fleet. That's a, and and they, were, they were there. They flew like multiple airplanes. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Oh, my gosh. Well, that whole thing gets destroyed. Top Gun goes to Fallon. But luckily, my current skipper at the time is Nasty's coming in as XO. Possum is my skipper. And he was like talking to Tojo, who's my detailer. He's like, you got to go to the rag to be an instructor. I was like, I don't want to go to the rag. I want to go to do this Top Gun adversary thing. 
And they're like, nope, no can do. If you don't accept rag orders, you're going to go to the training command and be a T2 or an A4 instructor. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good too. Because I really want to go there because I knew me. Remember I was the guy that knew nothing? And right. the dude that was like, like the instructors were like throwing stuff at because I was so stupid. And I remembered how I was. And I was like, I, I can't teach that. I, I, I don't, I can't do that. But I can teach people. I don't even know it. Life. I can't teach it. Right? <laughs> But I know that if I went to Top Gun or if I went to like that whole world, I knew that I could teach people that knew how to fly. I could teach them how to fly better. That's where I wanted to be. Luckily, better lucky than good, after talking to my detailer, we're on cruise and the skipper possibly comes up. He's like, hey, so what do you say? He's like, I'm thinking, fuck, boss. I, I, I'm probably going to go to the training command because I don't, I don't want to go to Oceana. I kind of want to stay on the West Coast, but we're obviously leaving. I really want to go and do what Dog and Whiskey and all those guys have done. That's that's been my life's blood since I met these guys. You know, three years of my life. That's all I've wanted to do because they've they've done stuff that is just dreamy, and it's what every fighter guy wants to do. So I'm sure Possum had some great input. He probably did some end around, reach around, <laughs> kind of talk around, kind of a thing. And next thing you know, I get an email back while I'm on cruise, and they're like. You want to go to Top Gun? And I was like, oh. So then I had another whoa, five minutes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to stop you right there. You mean, just hold on a second. You you weren't uh, like in trouble standing outside the skipper's door. Nope. And then he calls you and you're Rio in. And he <laughs> says like, uh, I can't believe it, but I have to give you your, your shot. shot. Your, your yeah. team shot. No. Yeah. yeah it didn't no. happen like that? That's No, that's- I... I was probably the, I was probably the duty officer making popcorn in the back of Radiate, and the and Skipper <laughs> kind of was like, "Hey, stop making popcorn. You want to go to this adversary Top Gun thing?" He's like, "Yeah, I really would." He's like, "All right, I can hook you up." So, uh, and the next thing you know, I got an email from my detail going, "How would you like to do this after the whole? You're not doing this. You're not doing this forever." Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> next thing you know, it's like, "Hey, would you like to go to Top Gun and become an adversary at whatever?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yes." Yes, please. So I took the orders. I ended up going to Mir- I ended up going to Fallon, and I was fortunate enough to go to Top Gun, and then ended up at uh, Squadron VFC thirteen Steen adversary, where we flew F fives, a very old, wonderful airplane that could still kick the crap out of a non educated port pilot. Right. <laughs> it was wonderful. Okay. Right. Uh, slow down. Slow down. We got to back. I'm slowing up. down. Slow, slow we got to back up just a little bit. Back up. Okay. So. After you left VF-31, did you ever fly F-14s again? No, I did not. All right. So how many hours in the F-14 did you end up with? Uh, literally nine, yeah. uh, what? 1,011 hours. Wow. So, so three, was it three years in your gun squadron? Yeah. And, yeah, and enough to That's get cr- my 1,000 hour patch. <laughs> barely. I got 200 day traps and thankfully never got a night centurion patch. I think, I don't know how many night traps I had, but. It was, uh, Repeat. Are you doing the math with me, bro? Yeah, too many. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, yeah. I'm not even going to go there. But I'm glad you got all that flying time uh, in your gun squadron because that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Okay. Was, so Luke, let's let's back up. I have I have okay, to back ask up. you. I have to ask you a specific question. Okay. About your uh, VF31 gun squadron experience. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So you you did mention that uh, Nasty uh, showed up to be the XO at yep. at uh, some at some point. Yep. Do you guys ever have and, squadron and, parties or anything like that? Yes, sir. So was there ever a time where there was maybe a squadron party at Nasty's house and yes. um, and maybe you went into the uh, bathroom with your wife and girlfriend, uh, 
or I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's probably his no, wife. His wife at my time. It's the wife at this time. Yeah. Okay. It, All right. So the question is, what in the f happened to the shower curtain? Why was the shower curtain completely ripped off after you left the bathroom? <laughs> that's that's what we want to know. Uh, uh, honestly, Fig, I, I do not recall <laughs> why, but I'm glad uh-huh. it did. That's pretty much what nasty things. Okay, is. that's a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I all all I can say is when I showed up to Nasty's house, I saw the Bug Roach uh, Award yeah. trophy. It is yeah, describe room. that. Hey, will you describe that, please? I walk into his living room, and there is this massive. It's like the Heisman Trophy plus ten picture. Of 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 a, of a landing signals officer, and then also with his paddles out in bronze. Is it a picture and, or is it like a statue? Or it's it like a statue. A, it's a it's a it's a statue on it's this, like the Stanley Cup, right? Like a yes, like a giant three dimensional massive thing. And, and and I I just we all I walked in with my jaw agape, kind of going, "What in the God's name is this?" And it was, it was I think it was the Bug Roach Award. Yeah, he was the first recipient. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot. Of, I learned a lot that evening. And uh, he he proceeded to tell us about all that. And uh, what the fuck happened? It, it was just, bro. I, you know, uh, he he was a great man because he's so humble yet so awesome yet so good looking yet so we hated him because he was so good looking and <laughs> and prosperous and and awesome and all of that. I'm like, oh my god. So you decided you were gonna just go in and rip a shower curtain off the. <laughs> thing just because of that is that right is that what i'm hearing you say because he thinks you and your wife were having sex in there and (laughs) ripped the shower curtain off i don't know i'm just it's a function of defining what is is (laughs) right on and and, all right listen we don't need to go there anymore that's okay okay Okay, thanks i'm just gonna i'm gonna say just fun at your expense if Have everyone goes to your our website, so there I was that US and goes to episode seventeen. There's a picture of the Bug Roach Award. Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, while, while we're talking about this, real quick, chemo, um, Yo. when you're able, send yep. as many pictures as you can. Uh, so of? we can put them. We can put them on the uh, of your pictures. Anything oh, you have, yeah, uh, okay. f- uh, from your fleet tours, yeah. from your top ripping gun down tours, shower curtains, you know, shower curtain <laughs> tours. Yeah, you guys. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, whew. all right, I interrupted you. And, no worries. Uh, so you got to go to Top Gun, but before we go there, since at this point you're not flying the F-14 anymore, in bullet form, how'd you like flying that jet? It's still to this day my most favorite airplane ever to fly. Okay, and tell us why. As aviators, why? Tell me how what it flew like. So I didn't I didn't know what to compare it to. All I knew was for me it was just amazing. I mean. To be at 500 feet on the deck and plant those, plant the afterburner and pull the stick back, go full vertical, and all of a sudden go, wow, I should probably level off now because I'm, I'm decreasing through, I don't know, 250 knots at 30,000 feet. I should wow. probably start leveling off. It was an amazing airplane. The GE motor made the F-14 Delta the most amazing airplane known to man. It carried a ton of gas and it could go twice as fast as the Hornet. And when we were doing exercises and birds were away and whatnot, you didn't even have to go to Afterburner. Going to Milk Power, you could just watch yourself disappear from the Hornets that were on your wing. No and way. They were like, hey, oh. hold up. They're like, nope, 
it was kind of that whole bear <laughs> buddy thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going faster than you. So good luck. It was an amazing airplane. We hosted and did a lot of air combat maneuvering, basic fighter maneuvering kind of sorties with the Canadians, all sorts of people. And one of my most enjoyable hops was doing air combat maneuvering with Canadian Air Force, the 442, which was a Hornet squadron out of Cold Lake. And I flew with the skipper as a young JG, because remember, I'm junior as hell. And we set up for an air combat maneuvering sortie. And luckily, I had the mentoring of Pogo and Whiskey and Rhett. And a lot of guys that taught me through hard knocks how to fight this airplane. And it was great to take this huge Tomcat, as everybody talked about, the, the flying Doritos. It's as ship. big as a damn, listen, I'll be honest, it's as big as a tennis court. It's huge. They called it you know, the Dorito chip, the flying tennis court. Yeah, it's as big as a tennis court. I mean, actually, as big as a tennis court. With yep. the wings and out and nose to tail, it's a tennis absolutely. court. Absolutely. But there were evolutions that I watched these epic aviators teach me through mentoring. But I would watch them after I'm dead, <laughs> getting shot. And I would watch them destroy these amazing airframes. Yeah, through... fourth generation fighters, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They would destroy them. And I would literally learn through beer via the club how to do what you do. And there's one maneuver, we, we call it the rolling scissors. It's a it's a roller, it's a it's a vertical yeah. yep. 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 A fight, if you will. And there's a maneuver called the pirouette that I don't know if they can teach. I don't know how to teach it because it's literally everything, everything goes against everything because, you know, you're, it's like, you're almost departed, but you're doing this, you're putting inputs in. And once you feel this whole departure, stop, do the other thing. And, and you would be able to really so maneuver so the airplane. Somebody taught you this, right? Yes. Yes. And we taught and, you in the F-14. And yep. since there's no two seat F-14s that have dual controls, they're telling, they're teaching you this from another airplane while you're fighting them. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. the Rios, as much as I can give Rios shit for like being a waste of a thousand pounds of gas or whatever. Actually, I, there's no Rios that weigh a thousand pounds. Maybe, maybe 250 at the most, right? Maybe 250. Yeah, but that whole cockpit will probably hold a thousand pounds of gas. <laughs> yeah, that whole Just cockpit, that <laughs> okay, whole cockpit, okay. you're that right, whole cockpit you're right. existence is yes. about a thousand pounds of gas. Sure. I would yeah, gladly take a thousand pounds of gas, but I will tell you this those for guys the Rios did, that were good mentors. Those guys didn't necessarily know how to put the plane where it needed to be. They just told you where it needed to be. So yeah. if you could interpret that and put the plane where it needed to be because they knew, you could yeah, capitalize on this stuff. So yeah. it was very, 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 very uh, uh, educational. And you know, from the single pilot guys, like, I don't need a backseater. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, when I got to the F5 and I flew the F5 for, God, 11 years i realized how much my situational awareness expanded because i didn't have another peanut to go through to get to get information distributed transmit right, right. information but their existence and knowing where things needed to be and how it needed to be i knew how to get there and so they were very instrumental in, in a lot of my my development and uh i tell you what they as much as you can give shit to to to, to NFOs or Rios or Wizzos, if they were experienced, they they knew their shit. And it was well, they're, very they're there experience. for a reason. They're there yeah. for a reason. They're, they're, that's no doubt. And yeah. they're easy to pick on. 
Absolutely. Uh, it's great and, to pick on them because we've got to pick on somebody. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. And, you know, repeat nine, we never had to deal with that. So we, we gave every Rio uh, or every BN or every uh, ECMO that we ever met shit. Because <laughs> As you like, should. It was like, <laughs> hey, you know, I got 500 traps. I'm like, no, your nav bag has 500 traps. <laughs> right. Just riding along, you know, bastard. Dude, even my wife was like, "You didn't fly shit. You sat there, motherfucker." <laughs> ah, yeah. That's it. And as a fighter pilot's wife should say, Dude, "Okay, I, I love girlfriend." Yeah. Let me back oh, up for just a what second. You were talking about uh, depart, almost departing. Depart. What and what you mean by that is departure from controlled flight. So right. that means you know the airplane is stalled, and it can stall in any attitude, angle, that sort of thing. You can be inverted and stall because the wing quits flying and that that is departure from controlled flight and that's sure. when you're going ballistic mav <laughs> um, actually that is right. but ballistics uh completely unloaded but uh that's a that's a whole different thing unloaded flight uh not not zero yeah i guess it is zero g's isn't it there's no lift being generated yep uh, so yeah. yeah but departure from control flight is what we mean by departing so, right and uh, usually yes. that winds up bad, winds up with someone on your backside shooting, yep. at, shooting at you. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. VFC 13 F5s. Yeah. Uh, so you go, do you go through the Top Gun course before you become an aggressor? How's that work? So there's various ways. Uh, when I, sh I actually got orders to VFC 13 and they sent me to Top Gun after that, where I became an adversary instructor and, and basically was an instructor in uh, air combat maneuvering and uh, all of the threat tactics, threat pilot, yeah. threat okay. counter. So here, here, here's what, here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to hit on for our, our uh, listeners that are not, uh, fighter pilots, which sure. probably most of them aren't. So you are, you went to a squadron that specializes in air to air combat as, as somebody that is going to be against us an enemy, right? Absolutely. Yes. And so right. you, when you say you became an instructor, well, you turned around and taught uh, other instructors in that squadron, how to fly like a Russian MiG 23 or a, so, so expand on that. Uh, sure. So our, our role is very, um, I'll, slightly broad. Uh, we, we, we did what you just said, Fig. I mean, with regards to teaching those folks, uh, air combat tactics with regards to our threat. Uh, but we also, uh, did a lot of, uh, training with the RAG or the replacement air group. And yep. we would fly with new, uh, oncoming new new Hornet pilots per se or whoever, and we would we would be the the dissimilar aircraft yep. that would provide a simulation for uh, a MiG twenty three, a MiG twenty one, a MiG twenty nine, or whatever, right. and uh, it just depended on the syllabus they were that they were learning to, and we would we were forced to abide by the rules of the of the performance of those aircraft so right. we'll, um you, you have to fly it like it was one of those airplanes so right only exactly. this much turn rate only this yep. much pitch rate exactly right we would so turn you, you in, were simulating a different airplane absolutely so okay. we wouldn't do our best fight every time we would do 
the fight that was directed by the syllabus so they could do dissimilar cat three, cat four, or or whatever. This airplane bled this much in a turn, but was was superior okay, you're, you're, in this capability. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're using some big terms there. Um, All right. So explain what it what you mean by bleed in a turn, for uh, example. So bleed in a turn. So degrees per second. Um what, what degrees per second, as in temperature? Yeah, so, what the, what the hell are you talking yeah, about? Right. So, <laughs> so, so the amount of pretend amount I'm of, not a pilot. You got to explain go. this shit to me. So 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 if there was a sortie that was required to be, hey, this is a Cat Three sortie, for example. And so what's the category? Cat Three and the category one, two, three, four would determine the performance capability of the airplane. Okay, and so it, the higher the category, the better the performance type thing. The, Absolutely, theoretically. Okay. And, and so, hey, today you're going to be this type of airplane, which would be in the Cat 3 envelope, let's say. So you would go and provide a, a performance, uh, ex, ex, not exhibition, but a, a performance demonstration based yeah. on the, those performance characteristics yeah. to so, that so level. You're, you're, you're taking an airplane that's fully capable of maybe more but right. you're going to perform it less because you're performing it like the airplane you're supposed to be. Correct. Okay, Correct. that's awesome, right? So it's like, yeah. A, you can do, hey, when you, when you hit the merge, you could turn this much and you can perform this many Gs for X amount of turn. And at that point, then you're only limited to uh, this right. airspeed, this configuration, this whatever. And so this, this is pretty awesome because – you're describing, uh, you know, you're a dial, you're a dial, a bogey, right. dial right. a yeah. bad guy, you know, dial it to whatever we need you to be. And that's right. what you're going to do. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what about tactics? Talk about tactics. Uh, tactics wise, we, we, we would, if, if the scenario was, you know, this country versus that country, and we were that country, we would like limit ourselves to maneuvering to or, or being controlled by right. uh, air, air control that, that, that would limit us to that function. So we, we, we might have a whole ton more essay sure. for situational awareness, sure. but we would only we would limit ourselves to do A, B, and C because this is all technically we're capable of doing. Right. That makes sense. So yep. yeah. So totally. so we would do A, B, and C, and we would limit ourselves to maneuver to to execute to employ to employ tactics in that that limitation. Um, and so, if, go ahead. Sorry. Nope. Don't keep going. You're oh, no, so so that's what we would do. So even though we would see or we could do, we would limit ourselves to well, technically we can't do that because we're in this scenario. Right. So we're going to yeah. let this happen. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so for instance, if you're in a country or playing a country that has ground group based controller to yeah. control the battle, the skies, then you follow only what the ground based controllers would tell you, even though you can see other things absolutely. that were going on. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. If you're totally controlled by ground control, that's what you do. And, and uh, unless you pick up visually some sort of thing happening, you, you were totally controlled by that control authority. Yeah. So. I can tell you from personal experience, I did a 2v2 dissimilar with guys from, uh, what was the, uh, was it VF-126? Was that an aggressor? The no, Bans, no. Yeah, 126 for sure. Yeah, at Fallon? 
Yeah. VF, 126 yeah. was actually at Miramar, but it changed after that. So this would have been uh, so repeat. We were deployed to Fallon for a combined yep. ACE deployment. We did a bunch of stuff while we were there, but I did a 2v2 with these guys. Was it VF-126 or VF-127? They were the aggressors. They were based there because we briefed and they're ready. And these guys came to the brief wearing Russian flight suits, had Russian patches nice. on with Russian names. And of course, you know, they were both F-14 guys, probably blonde hair, blue eye, poster child, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, like chemo here. Hey, don't be and, racist. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and, uh, and it was the most professional type brief. They said, we're, we're simulating a MiG-23, yada, yada, yada. And we went out and we did these engagements and they flew the airplane like a MiG-23. And we did three different engagements and we had three different outcomes. But my takeaway from that was, wow, these guys were the shit. They were very professional. We came back and we debriefed and it was nothing personal. This is how it went. This is, this yeah. is what happened. Yeah. And I mean, I learned a ton, but as a side note, on the very first engagement, we downgraded into two 1v1s. In other words, my wingman was fighting one guy. I was fighting another guy. I was with Otto, by the way, repeat. Yeah. And I'm in a one circle with this aggressor guy, and we're spiraling down towards the deck. And I'm looking up through my canopy at him, and he's looking at me. And I can, we're so close, I can see his kneeboard on his thigh. And I notice as we're spiraling down there, there's a lot of smoke coming out of one of his motors. And so I remember this. And in the debrief, and I said, hey, by the way, I remember seeing some smoke coming out of your And he goes, very nonchalantly, he says to me, yeah, I, uh, I, I had flame out. But uh, in the process <laughs> of fighting you, I got it started again. So I, I didn't see a need to knock it off. So he's kicking my ass basically with one motor out of two. And uh, he does the relight. Yeah. So very professional. So I have uh, nothing but the utmost respect for that. Uh, so for that type of thing. So speaking of that, that's a nice segue. Do you ever have your hand on the ejection handle lever? Or, oh, or, or what once. kind of crazy? All right, let's talk about that. <laughs> did well, you pull it or did you just touch no, it to make sure it was still there? Did you touch it because you wanted to? Or? <laughs> there was a touch to make sure it was still there. Okay. So, right yeah, it, was very, it was very comforting. But uh, as you, so there's opportunities in naval aviation, Marine Corps aviation to become Famous. reserve <laughs> aviators and squadrons. And sure. And a lot of times when you do that, there's opportunities for flying a whole ton or flying a whole knot. I'm going to elude this to like maybe a lack of currency per se, but we're in the Fallon complex and I'm in the F5. You're in the Fallon complex to find that for our list. Fallon complex is basically, I'll call it a MOA of a gajillion square miles of airspace that we can fly to do air to air, air to ground, do whatever, and provide training for our, our Navy and Marine Corps brothers. A lot of wide sisters. open desert, desert in Western Nevada there. Full up, yeah. full up. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm in the Northwest quadrant of this whole thing, which really doesn't have anything to do with anything other than we get into an engagement. This is like full disclosure, never done, never done before. <laughs> I get into a maneuver with a, with a fighter that requires me to do something that I'm thinking that I want to do. I know it's vague, but bear with me. I want to go into a position where I go to idle and go to full speed breaks out or boards out. But because I have other professional training, my mechanics for my hand are doing things that, that are different. So I want to go to idle and full boards. In the F5, I come over the top of a roller and I go to idle and I go to full boards in my mind. 
but I basically, I don't even want to explain it because in, in the Airbus, for example, you have to lift your front, your front fingers and pull back to reverse, right? To slow I'm, down and do whatever. Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to assume you're talking about hands on stick and throttle. Yes, I am. The different buttons and different things, right? And, yes, I am. And, and I'm assuming that muscle memory kind of took over and you were you were doing something that you would normally do in a different in airplane. another airplane. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. That's correct. Okay. Okay. Go. Now we're back on track with you. I'm going through a ruling scissors maneuver and I'm over the top. We're going vertical and I want to go to idle and manipulate my aircraft in a pirouette maneuver. <laughs> but as I do that, I pull... I I wish our listeners on the podcast could see you. Could see the hand you, on you video. Are, you are doing the fighter pilot <laughs> so, thing so like you read I'm about. Go- you got to go into rubble. I think he just shot thing. his watch. That's <laughs> the, it's the best thing ever. I, I'm going over the top. And as I do this, I want full boards right now. So as I do that, I actually grab the idle lockouts of the F5 and pull them to the I basically shut down the airplane on the top of my roller because in my mind, (laughs) my left hand wants speed brakes. Yes. But But it's but it's reversers. It's the wrong, it's the wrong airplane. It's it's the wrong airplane. It's bad. Yeah, because you're you're used to the Airbus. Yes. Yes. I'm on top of my roller and I shut down my entire airplane with two motors. Yeah. Completely shut down. And as I do it, once it happens, (laughs) I go. Oh shit! Because I realized <laughs> at that point, but at, at the time it was like instinctive, like yeah, this is what I want. Oh! And 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 I realized <laughs> I now have no motors because I've shut down both of my motors in the F5 at thirty-two thousand feet or whatever it is, and I'm over the northwest quadrant of the Fallon complex, which is basically nothing. It's like the Arctic, as far as I'm concerned. There's Did you take a shot or not? That's no, all I want to know. Not yet. No, I did not. I, I I did not die, which is great. So the guy at the bottom, I shoot him as I'm losing power, and he dies. And I realize, holy shit! And in the F five, all you have to do is go to afterburner. So you select you select afterburner, you go full throttle, and the igniters automatically kick up. And thank God, <laughs> one motor comes online. And it was the most, I mean, there's a whole lot of issues going on in my mind, academic, cerebral, psychological, physiological. I'm not sure. I'm like, holy shit. And then the other engine is compressor stalling. And I come back, <laughs> sing, I come back single engine to Fallon and I'm like, oh yeah, hey, I was, I, oh yeah, I just lost the motor. Okay, good. But in my mind, I'm like, dude, I just shut off both motors because I thought I was in an Airbus. I don't even, I don't even Gosh, know. That is awesome. All right, so did you uh, did you disclose that to your uh, the guy you were fighting? Negative, negative, because yeah. because right. I shot him and he, he died. Probably, he never. Before asked. I figured out that <laughs> I that I did that. Good man. But yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, that was completely embarrassing, and I'm I had to disclose it. But there's a few times, and Fig, I feel comfortable with you, so I figured I'd just disclose that now. I fucked well, the hell I'm, out of that I'm entire. Good. thing. That was going to be the next question because um, the guy that you were fighting already asked. Already told me to ask you that question. <laughs> oh, really? Did he fig? Yeah. What? Yeah, he did. What did he say? He's he said, and make sure chemo discloses the fact that he beat me because he had taken the advantage of no <laughs> thrust. Yeah, on the zero F5. thrust. <laughs> zero thrust. Because I I shut down both motors because I'm a fucking idiot. Hey, uh, this is completely separate. We're not even in Top Gun. We're not doing aggressors. Oh, chemo. Yo. 
call sign chemo. Uh, Where did that come from? Dude, that's a long story. Okay, fine. I'll tell well, you because I love you uh, as a brother. But uh, We're at so about 15. My, we can my, close it my, out. My, my wife was additionally, she had this thing. She called me chemo from, from like the very beginning, which had nothing to do with anything other than like, it was like this thing. She said, hey, chemo, whatever. Like chemo sabi, right? My father, Christian. My mother, devout Buddhist. Before I could get married, I had to go through this rite of passage process through this Buddhist methodology to give her grace and thanks for being my mother. Uh, I'm in flight school in Kingsville. And before I could marry my wife, I had to do this thing. I'm like, fine, I will do this, mom. I will do it. So in the Buddhist thing, they (laughs) shaved my head and they shaved my eyebrows. And I went through a Buddhist little process. What? Whoa! Yep, yep. yep. Whoa! So this yep. is this is like right after you got winged. No, before I got winged, way before. I actually got my hair back enough to have like a little high and tight, whoop, little flat, little flat top. But that's kind of where it started. But ironically, it's weird. My wife was like a chemo kemosabi person. Kemosabi uh, is in uh, Long Ranger kemosabi. Right. Yeah, for whatever reason, that's what she did. And I was like, cool. I'm your kemosabi. You know, I'll be your tanto. With, and, but but on the on the second side was my mother, and so before I could marry my wife, I had to go through this process to pay her homage or whatever. So I was like, okay, fine. So I did that, and before I could finish the process, I finished training. I went to go do this thing for my mom. They shaved my head. They shaved my eyebrows. And if Gosh. you can imagine showing no. up to your squadron in a bag with bald head, no, no eyebrows. eyebrows, no. I walked in. in, and literally the first person was the ODO, uh, the operations duty officer, and the SDO. Right. And they were like, oh, what the hell was and They were like, hey, what's up? They're like, what happened to you? I'm like, well, I had this thing. I wanted to marry my wife. It didn't matter. And so my wife, before all this happened, always used to call me chemo for chemosabi. Right. Neither here nor there. So they <laughs> were like, dude, chemotherapy. Holy shit. Uh, because I had no hair. No eyebrows whatsoever. Right. Chemotherapy. <laughs> but but as sailors and marines with crayons and pictures, oh, you they bet. didn't know how to spell chemotherapy. So they yeah. spelled it K-E-M-O. Right. And that's what it is. And, and that's so where it chemo, came from. So, so I'm like, okay, but I, and I didn't know any better. So I was chemo because of that experience. And as I progressed, it morphed into chemosabi, which was wonderful because I realized... Okay, I obviously didn't fuck up that bad because <laughs> there are a well, lot worse ways to get call signs. You didn't get a call sign change after you hit the fleet, which is yeah, probably good. Exactly. Good. So yeah. so chemo stuck. And uh so chemo chemosabi has been my my call sign since the beginning. So thanks, I guess, because yeah. I didn't get no, anything. It could have been flame out, could have been yeah, could have been <laughs> yeah, right. It, it could have been so much more. It could have been uh, just hey navcad. Right? Yeah, it, it could be anything. I lucked out again. Better luck nice. than good, right, gents? And uh, yes, ab right. every time, buddy. That's kind of how it happened, man. I've had a couple. I've got my cruise call signs and some war call signs, but that was based on other things that we will not disclose here because nope. it's obviously there. You go. You know, All right, how many how many flight hours as a adversary pilot? Yeah, what type of airplanes did you fly other than the F five? F5 and F16. I did an air guard tour with the Tacos back when they had jets and flew with the F16 there, but uh, mainly the F5 and the F16. And how many hours in the F5, buddy? Almost 2,000. I think it's 1,800 Ow. hours. Okay. Which is, which is crazy because 
as you know, I mean, the F5 doesn't carry a lot of gas. So every sortie was maybe an hour to hour and a half. Well, that's what most. I was getting at. That that's a lot of getting in and getting out of that jet. Yeah. Because uh, let's just be let's just call it an hour. That's two thousand times in and out of that cockpit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, you could go to the squadron like and literally it would be this grinder. One of my bros would walk by. They're like, "Hey, you want to try kick my ass? You want to start something? Like, let's start something." They, they pick <laughs> up the phone, call me, and say, "Hey, you got a jet? You got two? Cool. Two like, schedules? All right. Put them on schedule." And we would like run to the fl- run to the plane, launch, go into Fallon, do a one v one, come back an hour later, and we'd be in the club an hour and a half later drinking beer, talking about our oh shit. Oh my gosh! And then, okay, hey, on an average day when you were a adversary pilot, how many times a day did you fly? Two, average, if not three, but two for me and my peers. We were on the schedule once. We'd add two and try to get three. Oh That's my gosh! Awesome. Can yeah. you imagine that repeat? Oh, man, no kidding. Think how good we would have been in that airplane if we'd have gotten to fly it that much. Right. Oh, you take off and you're in the area. You, you like check in and you'd say, hey, what airspace do you have? Oh, we got this open. That's closed. We just find the open spot. Go fight. Come back. Real quick, in as brief and non-classified terms as you can describe, can you describe to our listeners what a tax range is and what it does for it? What does that stand for, repeat? Tactical air... Well, computed, computed telemetry. Yeah. Feedback. I see what you're doing there, Chemo. That's very, uh, that's very <laughs> sneaky. You, you have a pod on your airplane. They strap a little pod on the airplane. Usually it's out on the missile rail. And there are sensors out in the area on ridge lines and mountaintops that connect with this pod. And it sends back three-dimensional pictures of what your airplane is doing so that you can sit in a theater and watch your buddies fly and fight. Is that, did I describe that uh, good enough? Yes, sir. Absolutely. They have telemetry everywhere. They can see what you're doing. And I will have to say that it's good unless you're supersonic and then they can't keep up with you. And one of the ah. best things that happened to me in one of my lives up there was that we were too fast for them to keep up with. Because if they did, I'd be in a lot more trouble than I've ever been before. <laughs> Okay, so when you're supersonic, the telemetry can't keep up. What, you just disappear off the screen while so, you're supersonic? How, uh, how would that work? Kind of so, like when you're okay. talking to us? Okay, scenario <laughs> like, I think you might have been supersonic for about a minute there, bro, because <laughs> okay. you were gone. You know I what? couldn't even see you. You know what, Fig? <laughs> yeah, I love you too. So <laughs> it, 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 in this scenario, this actually happened. It's kind of funny. I'm the junior most guy at VF-31, my skipper awesome love the man to death to the to the end of days we're in fallon and you know it's nevada so there's a lot of uh, extra extracurricular activities you can have we have a we have a strike the next day it's part of our syllabus to go through when we're there the adversaries are going to oppose us we've got bombs to put on target we've got a lot of stuff going on we're rolling it up man and you know we've got our rules and all I remember is Possum coming up to me and saying, hey, Kilo, you got the skipper watch. I said, yes, sir. Roger that. We end up at a place called Salt Wells. Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> we, we're familiar with that, aren't we, uh, Repeat? Never uh, heard of it. Well, <laughs> never, I don't, uh, well I'm, I'm just sounds, saying, you don't need to go there. We're, we're it good. Sa- <laughs> it sounds like malt smells. Uh, <laughs> and it's a lot like that. Yeah. And, and yeah, we get there, so and we go there because the beer is cheap. We can actually do uh, yes. briefings and stuff. And, uh, well, whatever. People have some tours and whatnot. Doesn't matter. But we oh. are there for a while, uh, barring the fact that we have a 6 a.m. brief the next day. 
But I've got the skipper watch, and there's a four ship, which means four airplanes that are going to go out and do this air-to-air, air-to-ground thing the next day. Regardless, we are drinking way too late and way too much, and we wake up way too early, (laughs) and we have to go there. We have to do this four-ship battle box, ingress, egress kind of thing out of Fallon. We realize halfway through, (laughs) it's kind of funny, our flight lead, I'm dash three, so we're in this battle box. And I'm in the back. So I'm dash three. All I realized, I look at my stuff. I'm looking at the automation. I'm like, hey, bud, I think we're late. He's like, what? And we look and I realize we're like 20 minutes late. We're so jacked. It's ridiculous. We'd elect to like pull our circuit breakers for the tax range and like make a little, <laughs> little make up a little, little time little shortcut, a little shortcut over the, <laughs> over, over the mountains to the other side. Because we're supposed to go up and back down in the target range, drop bombs and be heroes, right? Well, we start off because we're still trying to recover from the morning prior. We go and we realize, holy shit, dude, we're late. And he realizes that. It's like, so we all pull our, our tax circuit breakers so now no one can see us. Let's just cut across halfway through. We'll meet these guys over here. And we just basically cut out half the route. And we cut out half the route. And the adversaries at the time have no idea where we are because we're supposed to do this route. And they're waiting for us in this in this way. They're like, okay, at this time, they're going to come this way. Well, we, we totally blow it off. We blow it off because we're so late that we just want time on target. So we cut it off, pull our circuit breakers. We get across to the next ravine, push our circuit breakers back in and go, whew, here we are. See ya. And we and we actually shoot these guys down, get to the target area, and get our bums on target. And yay, we're heroes. But it's all complete bullshit. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that you knew where the circuit breakers were is <laughs> impressive <laughs> enough. Dude. I had... <laughs> You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the F fourteen. Is there any circuit breakers that we could actually reach? Repeat? Dude, I, I don't remember had, any. I that's think we had, had a half a dozen or so, but I don't think you they, they top gun handled that. Never too. Uh, there's like three hundred circuit breakers in the back seat. Yeah. It's like there's no, like all the over the place. That's a different airplane. That's the Airbus, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god! Right? So no kidding. Well, we've been going almost an hour and a half here, so we need to start looking at wrapping it up. But this is great right. stuff. Hopefully, hopefully you're going to come back and tell us some more funny stuff. I would love to. Yeah. So I would love to, guys. You guys are awesome. Well, let me just say this, Chemo. Chemo. Yo. Thank you for your service to the Navy. You thank guys. you for your almost service to the Marine Corps. The fact <laughs> that you went to Marine Corps Officer Candidate School. You're like a half a Marine. Which is which there is you pretty go. good. Thank you for your service and thank you for uh, everything that you've done for our country and also for the service of our uh, fellow naval aviators because you, you're an integral part in training. Uh, I don't ready know. Ready to go? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you you were the deal. You were the real deal. Well, you were I'll tell the, you, what. Uh, you you were the real deal when it came to uh, adversaries. I Thanks, mean, brother. Know. Well, I'm going to turn it around to you guys. I mean, without this without this podcast. I don't know what how I would feel, but the fact that you have this has been so amazingly wonderful to fall back on and think about things that we've done together, you guys. It's, it's amazing. So I thank you for having this podcast. Yeah, brother. Thank you very much. That means a lot. We hope that uh, our yes. listeners are having half as much fun as we are because this has just been amazing. <laughs> getting to sit back and reflect on some of this and getting some of these stories told that would otherwise never get out there. Ever. It's just been something beyond believable. So thank you indeed. And thank you to your wife for her service. Uh, and her <laughs> thank you. Over the years. Yeah, I have um, to thank her as well. You're right. Make sure that you tell her. I said, she. I think she's a very special woman and 
probably doesn't deserve you, but that's okay. She does There's not deserve that. me at all. <laughs> at all. Period. Thanks, big brother. Yeah. Our gratitude also goes out this week to our sponsor, Robin's Bird Brain Designs. You can get custom laser-etched coasters, custom laser-etched Christmas gifts, ornaments, that sort of thing. Easter's coming up, Valentine's Day coming up. She has all kinds of custom stuff. So if you need to get a gift for somebody, reach out to robinsbirdringdesigns.com. Thanks also to Dave Hamilton over at the Mac Geek Gab, who is the Thanks, brains behind putting us together here. Yeah. Thanks also to, you hear the band playing in the background there. That's the Dos Gringos. Those Gringos. Those Gringos. Those guys. God Are dang. they amazing or what? The only and, reason I like the Air Force. Right? Those guys <laughs> give the Air Force a great name, and they yep. were uh, they were gracious enough guys. to come on with us, and they were gracious enough to let us use their music. So... Anyway, what else can I say? That, but in the meantime, I want everybody to sit back, enjoy the outro music, check six, and stay safe. We'll see you next week. Cheers, see brothers. See, see ya. See ya. Well, there I was crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fond of all the shit I was wearing all that day. Now an F-16 is cramped enough, but it's even worse With all that stuff supposed to save your life But we knew there was no way Cause when you're going down the North yeah, the Atlantic, North Atlantic, Atlantic, man, it's, man over. it's over Why, you, you Kimo-sabe That sounds familiar That's right, Kimo-sabe you trusty scout. Trusty scout? Yes, Ranger. Long time back when we both young. Me remember time Indian camp burned. You found me. Nursed me back to health. Saved me from dying. Me call you Kimo Sabe. It mean trusty scout. Me never forget you. You remember now? Yes. You're Tonto. That's right. Me Tonto. Tonto. 